Hello, heathens, and welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast with your host, Godless Engineer, and Caitlin. Now, let's get into the Bible. Um, so, uh, I get today, uh, on the podcast, we're talking about a, a video game. What? Yeah, we're talking about a video game. We are? Yeah, it's the Binding of Isaac. Oh. Um, you know, it, it, in, in the game, the little kid, he gets, he crawls in a, in like a, a hole and then you have to fight all Zelda style through it with your tears. That sounds like some kinky shit. Yeah, but I mean, we're doing the mm-hmm. Binding of Isaac today, right? Yeah. Oh, oh shit! This is the Bible podcast thing that we haven't done in weeks. So it's not a video game. It it's the actual binding of an innocent child and possibly stabbing the fuck out of him. Yeah. And <sighs> and then burning him. Oh, the burn the burning makes it better. Yeah. It's almost Viking like. It's like the first Burning Man. <laughs> you, you you forgot to do the introduction. What is up, heathens? I am the Godless Engineer, and I am here with KC. Hi, y'all. And uh, yeah, today we're going to be uh, discussing the Binding of Isaac, or you know, not the video game, obviously, but the actual <laughs> Binding of Isaac, right. uh, where God God essentially does the first punked episode. And and fools I uh, Abraham into killing his son. Luckily, luckily he pulls out the cameras and points out everything. And and luckily you know, he pulls second. out before you know. Yeah. <laughs> Good practice in exactly. general. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so and uh, I'll say welcome back from our for for Casey and for me from our hiatus of being deathly ill. Yes, I'm still not well, but I'm working on it. Yeah, Casey's definitely on the brink of death, and um, <laughs> I'm doing much better. Thank you. <laughs> Nobody asked you. They only care about me. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot what show I'm on. <laughs> this is my show, bitch. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start out in Genesis chapter 22. All right. And what, what we're talking about here is Abraham, well, God asking Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Okay. Because that's what all good fathers do. Well, you know, it's just, it's interesting because I I don't understand the purpose of this. Although it's called a a test of faith, honey. Well, yes, it is. Didn't you, didn't you see that, that one, that one scene in the new walking dead, that perfectly mimics this entire chapter? No. You didn't? I'm sure I saw it, but I don't know what you're talking about. You remember when Negan is standing over Rick at the very beginning of this season? Yeah. And he's, he's uh, you know, forcing Rick to cut off his boy's arm? Oh, yes. that did. Yes. That was actually brilliant. That was, man, Negan is just, uh, we're going to get off on a tangent here for a second. Sorry. This but. is not the Walking Dead podcast. This, the, yeah, this is the, oh. I'm just making the, the, you know, the connection between that particular scene in the Walking Dead and this, uh, you know, almost killing of the sun. Yeah. So, okay. I won't, I won't get off on a Walking Dead tangent. We should do a Walking Dead podcast. That would be fun. Oh yeah. Let's work that into our already <laughs> yeah. not busy schedule. Yeah. Right. Okay. So sometime later after, um, you know, Ishmael goes away, you know, the, the last time we talked, I know it's been a while. Sorry, people. Um, 
Sarah asked Abraham to expel Hagar and Ishmael from from their community. And uh, so he did. And and actually, it was against the law, remember, for them to do that. But he did it anyway because God said it was cool. Yeah, fuck the law. <laughs> and the law won. Well, so so sometime after this, I, I don't know exactly how long, but uh, God decided, hey, I'm going to fuck with Abraham today and see if he still follows me like I think he should. Um, so God said, take your son, your only son, <clears throat> except Ishmael. Um, well, we don't count bastards, honey. Right. So your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So as a burnt offering, I'm reading this and I'm like, so set your son on fire. What kind of sick shit is this? Well, no, honey, first you got to kill the boy and then you set his corpse on fire. And that's better. Well, I didn't say it's better, but I mean... I mean, at least the kid's not running around on fire. Well, yeah, he wouldn't be running around. I mean... You'd tie him down first. Oh, yeah, definitely. You you would just hear the screams of young children zip ties, on fire. Zip ties, ladder fluid, and a match? Yeah, I don't think they had, he had zip ties back then. Oh. But, but, you know, same difference. Well, that's what we have now. That would be way more convenient than rope. Because rope, you know, you can untie that. Unless, unless somebody is really good at tying knots. Oh, more BDSM shit. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so Abraham was like, all right, God. I mean, what what kind of father? I mean, okay, so he gets up the next morning and he saddles his donkey. He took two servants and his son Isaac. They cut wood. So he made his son cut wood that he would be burned on. Um. Yeah. I mean, don't I mean, you do that to all of your murder victims? Well, I mean, yeah, you make them bear, you make them dig their own grave. Why the fuck would you dig someone else's grave? That's so. That, okay, so then uh, they did that on the second day. On the third day, Abraham um, looked up and saw the place that God told him about the mountain in the distance. So he told that he stopped and told his servants to stay there with the donkey, and he and his son would go and do the sacrifice. Um. So Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac, so he made him fucking carry it. You know, this is kind of similar to um, Jesus having to carry the cross and walk through the town. Isaac's having to carry the wood. Oh, to the very, yeah, because um, yeah. Well, we're I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get to what I need to say about it here in a second. Okay, Abraham carried the fire and the knife, and they went on together. And Isaac was like, uh. Daddy, <laughs> we have fire, we've got wood, and we've got a knife. Where's the lamb? And Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. So here's my question. Like, it's cool to lie here? Well, he's not exactly lying. He's kind of lying. Well, no. Uh, he's just uh, failing to tell his son that, that, his, that he is the lamb for God. Why? To me, like if, okay, so Abraham is this like super big time follower of God, right? Mm -hmm. He taught his, he should have taught his son to be a follower of God, right? Right. So then to me, Abraham should have said, son, 
you're the offering because God wills it that way. And Isaac should have been like, okay, daddy, because that's the kind of crazy shit that happens here in this book. Well, actually, um, later on, you have uh, Japheth. You remember Japheth? Mm-hmm. He has a daughter. Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Jerry has a daughter, mm-hmm. and he goes to war, and he uh, he says, God, if you help me in war, help me defeat my enemies, then I will sacrifice the first thing that that I greet when I get home. The first thing he greets when he gets home? Uh, okay. Why would he, why would you just, why wouldn't one just offer that? Like to me, I'd be sitting back and waiting for God to ask. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be like, Hey, here's a good idea. God, just to show you how awesome you are. I'm just going to kill the first person I see. (laughs) Well, who, who happens to be the first person that greets him? Mm -hmm. His daughter. Okay. So his daughter runs out to greet him and he tells his daughter about the promise she made to God. And then she says to him, straight-faced, you need to keep your promise to God. And, you know, basically says... Off uh, me, daddy. Yeah, yeah, kill me. <laughs> and so, like, he kill he kills her, sets her on fire. Like, what? like, the, Yeah. No, that, that's in that's the story of, of Japheth's daughter. That's how she dies. Um, and uh, so, you know, it, it, it would make sense that Isaac would be like, sure, daddy. <laughs> you know, just go ahead, burn burn me up. I'll be the lamb for God. And, you know, interestingly enough, this mirrors what happens with Jesus. Like you were saying earlier, uh, you know, Isaac being made to carry the wood that mm-hmm. eventually kills him uh, or is used to kill him. Jesus also was made to carry the wood, up, you know, to the mountain and be crucified. Isaac, same difference. Mm-hmm. And and this is very important because like Moses and Abraham and uh, 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 Elijah, Elijah, all of these different patriarchs that we're going to read about in the Bible have deep ties to the story of Jesus. Right. This is one of those ties to the story of Jesus. Yeah. Um. So you know, just just think about the imagery of of this of of Isaac being made to carry the wood up to the place where he's supposedly going to die. Now, the difference here, though, is that um, Isaac becomes the lamb that is released into the wild that carries the sins of, of, of Israel. Why are but, spoilers? Huh? Spoilers. Oh, oh yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll go back and cut that out. Keep talking. Keep no, talking. Tell no, the story. No, 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 I won't. He becomes the lamb that gets released <clears throat> into the wild. Well, yeah, th- this is the Yom Kippur. Um, uh, this uh, I guess this would be like a proto Yom Kippur thing because you know technically Isaac isn't carrying the sins of Israel, you right. know, or anything, but he is le- he is let go so that another lamb can be used in his place. Well, and that's typical how they how they did um, sacrifice. That that's typical how they did that. They would get two. One would be let go, and one would be killed. Well, yeah, and that's that's the Yom Kippur uh, uh, ceremony in yeah. Judaism, um, and it perfectly mimics how, how, what happened with Jesus. Because with Jesus, you had Barabbas. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, his name means <laughs> um, son of God, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you you basically had two sons of God up there. They let one go to carry the sins of Israel on his back, which was you know, all of, all of his crimes and whatnot. That was the, the, those perfectly paralleled the sins of each of Israel at the time. Right. 
And then Jesus was the blood sacrifice. He was the lamb. That's why Jesus is called the lamb of God, because he was sacrificed to God. Mm -hmm. Now, the difference here is that, you know, of course, Jesus wasn't burned. He was just crucified. But still, there's a death and, you know, now uh, and and then sins are forgiven. Um, And it it has to be that way because it has to parallel what happens in, in Judaism. Uh, that's that's the only way that you would be able to get Jews and Gentiles to convert into the religion, right? You know, if if it, it to because, have those parallels that they recognize and and that matter to them, right? And 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 that's that's why it was so easy to get like pagans and Gentiles and Jews all to convert to the same religion because eventually they you know the the um. Bible myths uh, incorporated uh, pagan myths mm-hmm. into it, which we'll mention that later and everything. But, uh, you know, the Ju- Judea- uh, Judaism uh, stuff is all there, and, and it, it just makes it easier to convert into the religion. Right. Anyways, I'll I'll digress. I'll leave I'll leave my <laughs> mythicism, conspiracy theory, crazy tinfoil hat shit to later. Yeah, those are the the regular videos that he does, and, and you know that that's this is not that. Um, okay, so when they reached the place that God told um, Abraham about, he built an altar there, arranged the wood on it, bound his son Isaac, and laid him on top of the wood. Right? <clears throat> because normal shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son, and he was going to kill him. He was straight up going to kill him. But then an angel of God was like, Abraham, Abraham. What the fuck, man? This is not the memo that we wrote. God damn it. Can you learn to fucking read, please? And Abraham says, here I am. Here I am, David. Okay, you can cut that part out. Um, Do not lay a hand on the boy, the angel of God said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from him your son, your only son. Again, not his only son. Again, bastards don't count. Fuck them, motherfuckers. (laughs) He counted enough to mention and talk about for a while. So, I mean, I just, I don't know. Anyway, but here's here's my next question. Mm -hmm. So the angel of God says, now I know that you fear God. Why is it so important that Christians or people, why is it, well, I mean, in this case, it's Jews, but, you know, this is in the Bible, Christian Bible. Why is it so important that people fear God? Fear is not a good leadership tactic. It just isn't. There are so many better ways to lead. Why must people fear God? Well, I I mean, it's easier to fear. Uh, Like, like it. It it's not gonna it, it it'll end up biting you in the ass later, uh, depending on how fearful you seem to be. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think that it's just kind of like an easy way to subdue a population. I mean, if you just think to the Walking Dead with Negan, you wow. know he rules with fear. But you see, I think the the thing with him that has allowed him to survive for so long until of course Rick who's like fuck fear after you know my breakdown <laughs> and uh cuckatude um you know uh, it, it allowed him to survive so long because he wasn't he didn't show weakness 
Right. Like he never shows weakness uh, until, well, I, I guess until Rick comes along. Right. Uh, with especially with Rick's son mm-hmm. and 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 whatnot, he doesn't really show weakness. He always shows that he will do fucking anything. Yeah. And so that's kind of what's worked into the God character of the Bible. But here's the thing. There, okay, so typically when someone rules over people with fear, those people do what they're supposed to do, right? They, they, put, they behave as they are supposed to because they're afraid that they'll get punished if they don't. But they hate the person who rules over them, right? I mean, everybody hates Negan. Everybody hates Negan. The people who are most loyal to Negan hate Negan, right? And that's typical. I mean, like, people don't like Kim Jong-un. They don't like him. Nobody fucking likes him. Nobody likes Donald Trump. Okay, we we won't get into Donald Trump. Anyway, but, like, people don't like people who rule with fear. But But they love their God, and I don't. Is it Stockholm Syndrome? I mean, is that what's going on here? Well, I mean, you got to figure not everybody hates Negan, right? You have devout followers of Negan. I mean, think about the fucks that are like, I am Negan. Uh, you know, I'm talking about the the actual devout. I'm not talking about the Deweys, you know, on, on The Walking Dead. I'm not talking about those kind of people. I'm talking about, like, you know, the people that, that are completely convinced of it, that both fear and love, like, they're afraid to do anything to cross the person, but they also love the fuck out of them, and so they don't want to make them angry. Well, it's, I mean, it's I a, guess a, he does provide for them. Well, like, yeah. he does make sure that they're provided the for. The best way that I can rationalize this is what's called a codependent relationship. Because you, what you end up doing is, is uh, basically <clears throat> getting the person to think that, that they need you and they need your love in order to survive uh, or in order to function normally or whatnot. And uh, I, I mean, you wouldn't think that that would be, you know, that 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 would be easy to see, but it's really not. Um, I mean, you, you can you can be you you can become codependent on somebody and not even realize it. And so I think that that is really what the Bible here seeks to do with how it talks about God and how it tells that tells you 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 need to fear God, but also God loves you and He just wants the best for you. But don't fucking cross him or he'll fuck you up royally kind of thing. You know, so, I mean, like for every time that it talks about how you should fear God and whatnot, it also reminds you of what that you're supposed to love God and what loving God provides for you. Well, it's interesting because that comes just next. Okay, so we talk about I know you fear God. All right. Abraham looked up and in the thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns. So he went over and took the ram and sacrificed that as a burnt offering to God. And instead of his son. So then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that by that because you have done this and you have not withheld your son, your only son, again, not his fucking only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Now. This was the promise from the very beginning, right? With Abraham, I will make your descendants numerous as the stars, right? That's always been the thing. You and Sarah will have descendants as numerous as the stars. So 
there were never any earlier on in Genesis, there have never been any conditions placed on this promise. But God withheld this promise for uh, fucking 100 years, 50 years, 75 years. I mean, this promise was withheld for so long. And Abraham's faith was continually tested. And I guess I just don't understand because conditions were never put on it at the beginning. At the original promise, there were never any conditions. But now it's like, okay, because you've been through all these tests of faith and this was your ultimate test of faith, kill your kid, right? Um, And you were going to. You legit were going to cut his fucking throat up and then burn his ass, all right? So you were going to do that. So now you're we're gonna we're gonna go through with our our promise i mean what kind of shit is that bullshit (laughs) um well yeah i I mean i I think that this is just a typical power move from from god at least the character of god in this not not god actual god because you know (laughs) he he doesn't exist I just think that it's a power move on yeah. God's part. I mean, he he is literally in control of everything. And if he wants to put restrictions on something, he'll put fucking restrictions on it. It doesn't matter what he said before. Well, or I know, but you don't, he didn't never, he never told Abraham that there were restrictions on it. Well, no, he didn't tell him, but that, that doesn't matter. I mean, it, well, it's true. I mean, he made him wait and tested his faith constantly and he was just supposed to believe. Yeah. So here's here's my next question. And and this doesn't really have anything to do. Well, I mean, it does have to do. How do you think Christians today would respond? So like if. To, if, to what exactly? Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> if you were a Christian mm-hmm. and you have a son. And God came to you and said, John. I want you to sacrifice your son to me to show that you are committed to me, that you have faith, that, you know, whatever is important to God, you know, um, to show that. And you did it. Well, first of all, you would you you wouldn't do it. Nobody would fucking do that. Whoever out there is listening that has kids, would you seriously? I mean, I know most people who listen to this are atheists, but nobody who's christian nobody i've ever met who is christian would kill their children because a voice in their head that said it was god told them to somebody would give some psychiatric help right well fortunately um god pretty much speaks to people in their own level of sanity so like if you're not the kind of person that would go crazy and kill your kid for god then you're not going to do it. But those that are legit crazy definitely do hear him say, Hey, kill your kids. Because, because I mean, those, those instances exist in modern day. But that's the point is now we look at people in modern days right now. You look at people who say, God came to me. God angels came. God's angels came to me and told me to sacrifice my kid. And I did it. Those people we deem crazy. If Abraham lived now, he would be in the fucking nutter house. He would be. But like also another thing to point out is that how God talks to people has drastically changed. 
because in here, like God's sending down angels. I mean, he's he's like talking to Abraham in whatever way that he can, just like right to his face. Yeah, he even came down in, yeah. in human form. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, uh, nowadays, though, when God speaks to people, it's more or less like you feel moved or you f- or like you. it's like I feel God speaking to me. It's like or you get a sign. Yeah, you get a sign. It's like people just make up shit for how God talks to him. It's never like any time that it's ever been. Oh, yeah. God came down, told, talked to me and told me these things. It's but like, if somebody's oh, crazy, that, if somebody said that, would you believe them? Well, no. no. I mean. No, because norm, normally when people play the God card, it's always for crazy fucking shit. Like, oh no, God came down, told me to blow up that house. Like, that's not going to work. Or, you know, you got the crazy people that like beat the shit out of their children near to death because God, you know, you know, told them to, to do it or something. But here's you the know? deal. Other Christians don't believe them. Other Christians don't believe them. So here's what, here's my deal. Where is their faith? To me, there is no faith, even in even in the most devout Christians who say that they believe in God. They go to church every Sunday, twice, every Wednesday. They do all the church shit. If God legit told them to told somebody to sacrifice their child, they would not do it. And if they did, all the other Christians around them would be like, you're crazy. God would never do that, which God would absolutely do that because he did it in the Bible on multiple occasions. They, they would go to jail and nobody would stand behind them. Where is the faith? Well, well, you know, um, yeah, oddly enough, I've actually heard Christians say that, like, yes, I would do anything that God asked me to do. I would. God wouldn't ask me to kill my kid. Like, like in the same breath, they're like, I know God wouldn't ask me to do that. <laughs> like, like how do you how do you know? God obviously has a track record for punking people with, you know. But the rest Jalen. of the church community would not rally around them and be like, yes, you have you have shown your ultimate faith uh, in God and we believe you, no one would stand behind them. There is no faith. I argue that there is no real faith. This right here in this book, this is real faith. But Christians now, there is no real faith. I don't believe any of them when they talk about how much they believe in God. I don't believe it. (laughs) You know, good rebuttal to this. Like, like, uh, um, you know, whenever a, a Christian says no, you know, God wouldn't ask me to do that. You could always come back with, ah, but his ways are higher than ours. <laughs> he knows better. You better kill that fucking bastard. <laughs> well, it, this wasn't the bastard. This was the oh, real yeah. one. That's right. Kill your real kid. Keep the bastard you have on the side. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bastard has already been um, expelled. Okay, good point. So expel the bastard, kill your own son. You're left kidless. You're left kidless. Yet I'm the one who told you that you will have descendants as numerous as the stars. (laughs) This whole story is so absurd. I just can't even. Are we are we ready to move on? (laughs) Yes, we are. Okay. Um. Oh, okay. So at the very end of this, at the very end of this section, just so we can transition into the next part, um, Abraham return and end. And Isaac returned to the servants and they set off together to go back to Beersheba. And that's where they stayed. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just casually, 
Like, I cannot imagine Isaac just casually walking like, Dad? Yes, son. You just tried to kill me. Yes, son. God willed it of me. Why? I I, I don't want to walk near you because God might will it again uh, without my knowledge. Have faith. God has proven that he would not harm you. You know, Dad? Yes, son. Fuck God. (laughs) (laughs) Get get the fuck away. (laughs) Okay, sorry. That was that was fun. Let's uh I really just can't see Isaac like casually walking along, like, yeah, that just happened and I'm totally cool with it. Like (laughs) I know he to me I feel like he'd be totally freaked out and then I'd be like the fuck, Dad? Like, after I'm unbound and shit and he doesn't kill me, I would be like, um, what the fuck just happened? Would you like to explain yourself, please? You need a timeout and I need a drink. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's so fucked. Like, <laughs> okay, so they go back to Beersheba. All is well, right? So, sometime later after that, they're in Beersheba and... Abraham gets news regarding his brother's family, his brother Nahor. Nahor, isn't that a woman's name? No, brother. It sounds like it should be a woman's name. That's just because you want to call people women whores. Oh. Because you're a misogynist. It's all this Bible learning that's got me all <laughs> misogynistic and shit. <laughs> so news comes regarding Nahor's family. So um, Nahor has... Uh, so Nahor has eight sons by his wife and four sons by his concubine. Wait, wait a second. Wait, wait one minute. What? So God is sitting there telling Abraham, you're going to have descendants as numerous as the stars. Yeah. You're going to have descendants as numerous as the stars. Meanwhile, Abraham has to look over at Nahor and be like, yo, God, yo, God, what the fuck, man? He's got he's 12. Got, <laughs> he's got 12 fucking kids. Well, 12 I've got sons. 12, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, 12 sons, not to, not to mention the daughters, because fuck the daughters, both figuratively and literally, okay? <laughs> fuck them. He's got 12 sons over there, and you're telling me I'm going to, I've got one fucking son. When are you going to start popping that shit out of her fucking vagina? Sarah, or whatever the fuck her name is. Sarah only has Isaac. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm just saying, Nahor's got like 12, and the factory's still churning them out. Yeah. <laughs> well, meanwhile, Abraham is being taunted with his own son's life, like his his only real son, not, not his bastard son, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so one of... Okay, so this is significant because one of Nahor's sons, Bethuel, he is important because he is the father of Rebecca. And Rebecca is one of the few women that are mentioned in the Bible by name and actually have some sort of significance and importance in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, which I mean, I mean, I, I, it's kind of a backhanded type of mentioning, though, don't you think? Well, yes, and spoiler alert: if no one's read the Bible before, <laughs> Rebecca becomes Isaac's wife. That's why she's important, is because she becomes she she becomes Abraham's daughter-in-law. Yeah, and uh, fun fact that we'll probably get into next episode: 
Um, she was probably between the ages of three and seven when she was selected to be a wife. Was she? Uh, yes. The, uh, the timeline is extremely fuzzy on the selection of Rebecca. Uh, Christians today like to say that she was more like 13, 14 years old, Mm -hmm. which would have been normal for that time period. Right. But, uh, in, in more, um, depending on how you interpret the Bible, Mm -hmm. she could be three. That's weird. Like as young as three. It well, really no, depends guess, on the like, timeline. But it's not, that's not when they got married. That's just when the selection happened. So, well, like, no. that's not actually that unusual. In especially the, in. Abraham sent a person to a well to kidnap a little girl and, and, and for, and, well, not necessarily kidnap, but, um, <laughs> not necessarily kidnap. But basically, uh, uh, sell their child into a sexual slavery type of situation. But they don't start the sexual slavery. Okay, and not that I'm trying to defend the Bible and their sick fuck practices, right? But they don't start fucking the kid when they're selected. It's just like, okay, so these two people are betrothed to one another and they will eventually be married when they come of age. Like it's not, this is not an, I mean, this was very common, like in the Renaissance, this is not a, this is not an unusual thing. Well, no, I'm not saying that it's unusual necessarily because I mean, you know, over in uh, India and in that area of the world, I mean, they still have arranged marriages. Yes, they absolutely do. Actually, I know, I know a woman who um, moved here uh, to the U.S. from India, her and her husband both, and they had an arranged marriage. But I mean, you're like, like uh, I'm, I'm still just saying, like the child did not have a choice. No. It's like you're going to marry this person and you're gonna fuck him. Uh, well, they're, they're not not... Just, but it's not just the women that didn't have a choice. The, the boys didn't have a choice either. Neither of the children had choices. Well, uh, okay, w- w- but w- with respect to that, I mean, it was obvious that the boys could have choices. That they just had to have that one as well. <laughs> like, well, like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying they didn't have any choices. I'm just saying, typically, when marriages were arranged, they were done so when both of the both the boy and the girl were children, and it was an arrangement between the parents. It really didn't involve the children, so both were betrothed to each other, and they really didn't have a whole lot of say in the matter. Well, I mean, I would argue that that the whole arranged marriage thing is is very archaic. It is. Um, and it, it, it is very much like selling the the girl into some kind of sexual slavery, almost. Uh, regardless of the fact that, you know, the girl has been conditioned to think that this is normal. But, you know, um, I, I recently saw Ashton Kutcher talk to uh, Congress about the, the stuff he's doing uh, to help decreased child trafficking Mm -hmm. and like uh apparently he saw one case where a girl that was like uh three four years old Mm -hmm. that was being sold and that was uh you know in sexual slavery and and she acted like it was just normal so i mean i I just think that it you know while while it seems normal to them from our 21st century eyes it's very archaic and i think that it is what you could you could relate it to sexual slavery i'm fine if you want to disagree with about it uh not you necessarily uh but just people of of that opinion but 
you know that that particular practice is is still done today. Yes. Like in America, uh, if you think about um, the quiverful movement, mm-hmm. they are totally like arranged marriage. Like they, mm-hmm. like they, like two quiverful people, a, bo- a boy and a girl, can't just date. No, like they, they, like the dads have to like get involved and like agree that they can date. Well, and they only have supervised time when they're allowed to be together. So you can't just go out on dates and spend time and learn about each other and get to know each other. Your dates are your dates. Your the time, which is a very minimal time, by the way, that you actually get to know anything about each other, um, is supervised, and you pretty much go into marriage barely knowing the person that that you're marrying. Yeah. So, it, but it to be to be fair, in the even though those meetings are arranged. The children are not necessarily required to marry that other person. They get to decide. Like if so, if the guy really doesn't like the girl, he can say, "Dad, I really don't like this one." And then they'll get you know. And so it's it's a little bit different it, in that respect, but still, it's it's still well. Horrible. I I would I would I would say that it's it's up to the fathers as to how lenient they are. That's true. Yes, it, it is. It, so I mean, uh, f- fine if if you want to give a cookie to the fathers that don't force their kids into marriage, but <laughs> That's not what I'm, I'm saying. saying I'm I, I'm saying that you know uh, that that it depends on how lenient the father is, and and there's just there's room in the religion itself to have the father force the kids to get married and and have kids. Yes, there is room for that. That's all I'm saying. Uh, okay. Um, okay. So, Rebecca's important. This is really all there is in this little particular section. Rebecca's important because she becomes Isaac's wife. So, now we're going to move on to the last section of today's broadcast podcast. Sarah dies. Oh, no. Yep. Sarah dies. She finally kicked it. Yep. Abraham. Heroin overdose? Is that what it was? Yeah. Well, meth. Meth? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. The blue stuff. Blue ice. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. The good shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at this point, Abraham is 137 years old. Okay. And Sarah is 127. Uh, she... Um, they, they don't talk a lot about Sarah between the time that she has Isaac and the time that she dies. So in Genesis chapter 23, Abraham mourns Sarah's death. She's 127. She died at Kirath Arba, which is Hebron. I don't know why they have to get all fucking fancy with it. Um, but he went to mourn Sarah and uh, he he tried to purchase a cave for her tomb. Right. OK, so he tried he tried to do that with uh the Hittites. And he said, I'm an alien and a stranger among you. Please sell me some property for a burial site here so I can bury my dead. The Hittites replied to Abraham, sir, listen to us. You are a mighty prince oh. among us. Oh, wait, we were going to role play this part. Remember? Okay. You want to role play? Yeah. I'm, I'm Abraham and, and you're the person. So like, okay. And the Hittites. <clears throat> um, Hey, Hey, yo, uh, Hittite person. I, I need to buy this land. What for? Um, burying my uh, wife, uh, meth overdose. You, you wouldn't understand. She, <laughs> I need to bury her ass like quick. She's starting to stink. <laughs> oh, oh! Don't don't laugh at me, Hittite. Sorry, we're we're so sorry for your loss. Also, 
We know you. You may not live here, but we know you. You, you're a prince. You're a prince, and we've heard about you. And uh, wait, so- wait, wait. Who's who's been talking about me? Uh, people. I I told them I'd chop their dicks off if they talked about me. It was the angels. Okay, well, angels gonna- don't have dicks. Well, yeah, th- I'm I'm not gonna assault an angel. I mm-hmm. mean, God just almost made me kill my son, so I'm not gonna fuck with them. Oh, okay. Um, so. We respect you, so, you know, bury your dead in the choicest of our tombs. None of us will refuse you a tomb to bury your dead. No, 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 no. We're not playing this shitty game, okay? I'm paying you for the land, for the tomb and everything. I'm paying you for it, okay? But but we don't want your money. But, 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 but I don't give a shit. I'm burying my methed out wife in the goddamn tomb, and I'm going to pay you for it. But you can have the tomb. I don't give a shit if I could just have it. I'm gonna pay you for it. Oh, here, let me let me get out. I don't have any. I don't have any change. So, but uh, I mean, I'm gonna pay you for it. Tell me how much it's worth. Well, I mean, it's worth 400 shekels of silver. Okay, but for, that's that, say nothing no, uh, between fuck me you, and you. Fuck you. Say no more. <laughs> okay, let me let me get out my change purse here. You have a change purse with 400 shekels of silver in it? Oh, I'm going to count it out. It's like Mary Poppins' bag, okay? It, it, God signed the bag, and it's all magical and shit. Oh, okay. So let me... Uh, here. There you go. 400 shekels. Uh, okay. You can pick your cave. All right. I'm going to pick this one because um, it, it's roomier. And um, I don't know why I'm so concerned about the kind of cave. I mean, she was methed out and shit. Well, this this cave. If if you come to the cave on the left here, this cave is air conditioned. Air conditioned? What yeah. the fuck? This cave has a microwave, but you might want to stay away from microwaves because I heard that the CIA watches you through them. Well, I mean, yeah, the CIA operates over overseas, and we're definitely in Israel and shit. So yeah, they and would the, definitely and the be monitored. Right, right here in the middle. This one is hell. You don't want that one. It needs it needs new carpet. There's carpet in caves? I don't know. I just gave you three caves to pick from, like the game show. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I'll go with the AC, this, the AC controlled one. Yeah. This one I'll go with. This this podcast is really going yeah. downhill. Do I do I need this four hundred shekels? Or, or are you taking it or am I uh, well what's I going mean, on with it? I I was why are you trying to Jew me out of my four hundred shekels? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, quit being a Nazi here, okay? <laughs> Yes, so there were Jews heckling over over a cave. Not really heckling because the so so the guy so to get to get back to like the real deal because John just had to do John just had to do this. So to get back to the real deal, the guy that he's the the guy Abraham is dealing with to take to not take his land, buy his land is Ephron. And and Ephron doesn't want his land. He basically tells Abraham, "You you we know you, you are important to us and and you can choose whatever land um, that you want to bury your wife. And I don't know. It seems like Abraham should have been gracious and been like, thank you so much. You know, even if he had argued once. But no, he fucking demanded to pay full price for the land. So that's what he did. And I mean, I don't know what Ephraim was supposed to do about it. So you're telling me that Abraham's basically a really bad Jew. I mean, yes. he can. He's not Jewing. <laughs> like this is not the definition of Jewing somebody out of out of something. Jew. That's where you heckle the price down. Right. Not where he's. He's. I mean, 
I don't want to use the the wrong term here, but he's a retarded Jew. Is that what this boiled down to? <laughs> I, I think he was just. I think he was just mourning, and he didn't want to be treated special. Like I think oh. Abraham often did not want to be treated special, and he felt like that's what they were doing. Oh, I, I don't just, know. I don't really understand it, the point of this entire section. <laughs> it seems like it seems like those comedy uh, bits on, on certain shows where the guy's trying to heckle another guy, yeah. and it's like, uh, I'll give you fifty dollars for this. It, well, okay, it's only worth twenty five, seventy five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. It's only worth twenty five dollars. Hundred and fifty. Give it to me now. <laughs> I guess. I, I, I guess I just this usually like when you're reading the Bible, usually you can kind of see the moral behind different kinds of stories, right? But this point, I don't know what the fuck the point of this entire section is. It doesn't make any sense to me it's a at point, all. It's a point that's lost on the Jews, and that's to pay full price. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's a good thing you don't have a lot of followers. <laughs> oh, man. But the father, but look, the father of the Jews paid full price. Yeah, no. Is that like <laughs> is that like the ancient Ferengi? Is he like the ancient Ferengi father who was like <laughs> never mind. We're just we're not even gonna go there. I'm not I'm not even gonna nerd out because now I already said Ferengi on the podcast and so, now y'all know and now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> so so next time someone tries to heckle you out of something, just be like, look, even Abraham paid full price. <laughs> But only if you're talking to a Jew. That won't work with anybody else. <laughs> Jeez, fuck. All right. So anyway, Abraham bought the fucking the cave. Um, he buried his wife, Sarah. Um, and the cave and the field next to it were deeded to Abraham by the Hittites as a burial site. And that's it. That's it for this week. Next week. Well, next, I guess maybe next week. Next time, we are going to um, talk about how Abraham arranges the wife for Isaac. So we're going to talk about Isaac and Rebecca. And that is all that we talk about the whole time next week because there's lots of shit to talk about. Okay. So next week on the uh, Daily Bible Podcast, uh, we will be talking about... Um, child sex slaves. Yes, child sex slaves. <laughs> According to GE. This is a common practice. I don't think this is really that big of a thing, but... Well, no. Well, I mean, it's it's a it's a big it's a big thing in it because of um, you you know just just like I guess as far as as the Bible being some kind of moral uh standard, mm -hmm. uh, that's that's where I feel that it applies. Like, oh, there's morality in the Bible. <laughs> you you went out and got a three year old to marry your son. <laughs> also, also, um, it's incest because they are first cousins once removed. Right. Uh, but I mean, also, uh, I mean, because because like, for instance, we wouldn't look back on these times, these societies and be like, oh, they are the moral pillars of all time. Like no. We wouldn't say that. And no, so that, that's not. that's where the whole what age she was when when they picked her out to be married comes into play, because you can't sit there and be like, oh, this is the moral uh, the objective moral standard that we judge the entire society on for all time and i feel like that's where the argument is valid at okay you 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 pick up what i'm putting down on that one 
Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining us next week. Child sex slavery and uh, and cousin fucking cousin fucking. Woo-hoo! So it's like right up our fucking alley, right? We're we're not Alabama. We're, yeah, we're not cousins. We're just from Alabama. Well, I'm not we're, from Alabama. I'm from oh, I'm from Ohio, but she's definitely not my cousin. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I guess we'll see you guys later. Uh, y'all have a nice day. Don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, y'all. That's my fucking oh. line. God damn it, John. <sighs> I need to find I, I need to find a new co-host. See y'all later. <laughs> Bye, y'all.